Yes, we made it to episode four of the relaunch Article 7 podcast. Yes, well deserved applause. <laughs> oh, this podcast took a very long break as things got busy at 2501 Beacon Hill Road. That is a street address for Bethany Lutheran Church, and I'm the pastor there. But here, I, well, <laughs> I guess I'm still the pastor. Yep, that doesn't change. Well, I'm Andy Jago, and just so happy to be doing this again. And now I've gotten a series of sermons out, and the Article 7 podcast back on track. Oh, well, let me just share with you what I hope to do in the next few months here. Uh, if you're listening to this as the podcast comes out, then you know that it's the month of April and very close to Easter time. It's my hope to have the Easter music and message of Bethany Lutheran and make at least two podcasts before the end of this month. And then hopefully between Confirmation Sunday and Mother's Day in May, you know, the audio recording goes well. We'll have two more podcasts in that month. And then maybe the children's musical and a special Father's Day service in June. Well, so you see, the plan is to work in twos and hopefully not let more than two weeks go by without a podcast between now and the end of June, at least. <laughs> All right. Well, please pray for me a lot. <laughs> the thing that uh, to pray for the most is just the, the time to do it. I certainly have the, the love for doing this. This is a lot of fun. Well, let's turn the page here and see what we got coming up. Oh, yes. Uh, so in the next podcast, of course, I mentioned Easter. So we're going to cram as much Easter into the podcast as I possibly can. So you won't hear as much yak here in the introduction. God's people say amen, right? Um, in the podcast today, some music, Faith of Our Fathers, the Bethany Ringers. We haven't given the bells any love so far in the relaunch of this podcast so let's give them some love you'll hear in the message of course the last chapter of second timothy finishing our series dear timothy keep the faith and we'll finish off with a special soft piano uh, the music made especially for this podcast by matthew c ballard owe him a debt of thanks and his wonderful little studio in his home for really helping us out here well, we're giving God thanks and praise for being able to do this, uh, and uh, by His grace, we'll we'll hear you, we'll we'll see you back here. <laughs> well, not literally see, but you get the idea. All right, here's "Faith of Our Fathers" by the Bethany Ringers.
text for the sermon this day is the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. I encourage you to take out your Bible or uh, the pew Bible that is before you as we turn there together. This is part four, the last part of what's called an expository series. That's a $10 word. Who gets the $10? I don't know. Um, but it's a word that means you know, you're explaining things as you go. We're going to read this chapter together as we've read the other chapters of Second Timothy in the weeks before uh, and, uh, and take it pausing for some explanation as we go, but then see what we could take home really not just from this chapter, but from the whole book of Second Timothy today. But beginning with chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you, that's Paul charging Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. It will, they will accumulate for themselves, teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I've been installed three times now as pastor in different locations and places. This is typically a text that comes up in those installation services, and I, I hear it from a certain point of view, but then this also is for all of us. We know that there will be a time where people will wander. We all, like sheep, have gone astray from one truth to another, just wanting, just taking in what you want to hear as opposed to what the actual truth is. And we all must be on guard against that. Uh, Paul writes to be ready in season and out of season. He charges Timothy in a certain way, and we'll get to that in a second. When we look at this, this second section that is here, he charges him by the judgment and the appearance of Christ, the epiphany of Christ. But what is he to do? Preach the word. Go out there and declare all that the Lord has done. Be ready to do it. And there's some negative and positive words here with reprove, rebuke, exhort. That's because we're not always in the same place. Nobody's in the same place even when we come on Sunday morning. Some of us are coming in on Sunday morning, maybe very secure with where we are, and we need to be challenged a little bit. Maybe some of us are coming crushed by the weight and guilt of sin, and we need to hear a word of grace and forgiveness. We just preach the word faithfully. And it's funny how many times somebody says, you know, you, you said just the right thing for me on that Sunday, and I can't, can't take any credit for that. Preach the Word. God's Word is sufficient and will hit you wherever you happen to be. That includes me as well. Paul writes now very personally, and this gives us the sense that he's in prison, remember, and this is toward the end of his ministry, and he senses the end is near because he writes, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is come. Notice the shift in tense. I have fought the good fight. 
I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Prior to that, we were fighting and finishing and keeping, but now we use the perfect tense. It's completed action. These things have been done. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to those who have loved his appearing. There's that word again. The epiphany, the appearing of the Lord. The Lord appeared, coming as a small child. And his epiphany, and when he was revealed here on earth, he was revealed in the way he beat back the devil's kingdom with every healing, with every word of forgiveness, with every sinner that came to Christ. He will be revealed again. Paul points to that day, just as he did when he charged Timothy, because we're living between the two appearings. We're living in the last days between the time that Christ appeared the first time and the time where he will come again and judge all that is wrong made right. Evil done away with once and for all. Those who love his appearing. There's laid forth, laid up for me the crown of righteousness. That word righteousness, usually in the New Testament, it's like it's I, I said in the Bible study earlier, forensic, you know, which makes you think of police work. It's somebody declaring you this. You haven't earned it for yourself. But those who await Christ's appearing, those who know his first appearing and how it led to the cross and the resurrection, those who know that know that when Christ appears again, our sin is on the cross. We're not judged for that sin. It's on the cross. It's done. It's dealt with. And Christ declares us righteous. He gives us the victory wreath, if you will. The crown of righteousness because the victory is already won. When Paul is writing that his life is being poured out, it is with that sense that the victory is already won. Now, I had you look at your Bible because this isn't in our uh, lectionary text for today, but these are personal notes that let us know we're dealing with a human being. Not some superhuman or somebody that had these supernatural powers, but a, a human being like us. Do your best to come to me soon. Listen to the urgency there. Timothy, get here as soon as you possibly can. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. Notice how we have two gospel writers there, right? successfully. Luke is there by, the, great, the good physician is there by Paul's side. Get Mark, even though Mark wimped out in the first missionary journey, and Paul didn't want to take him on the second, but now Mark is useful. He's good, and Paul wants him by his sign. Tychius and I have sent to Ephesus. I have sent to Ephesus. Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left at Carpus at Troas. That may seem like an insignificant detail. By the way, people in Bible study found a far more spiritual meaning to that, you know, like the, the passing of the prophet's mantle from one to the other. Me, the pastor, what do I come up with? Paul's cold. That's why he needs <laughs> his cloak. But bring me my cloak. I mean, we, we can see that as, oh, that's just a detail that's thrown out there. How about our brothers and sisters in Christ who right now 
are in prison and in a place where they are cold and do not have some of the basic comforts. And they're there because of their Christian witness. I think to them that's not an insignificant detail. Bring me my cloak. And also the books and the parchments. (laughs) If I ever get in trouble with the law, God forbid, (laughs) for my Christian witness, Pastor Davis, yes, I want this book and that book, please. You know, that would be what I would ask for too. The books and the parchments, but precious to Paul. And he has certainly contributed many of these in the New Testament. Then he warns Timothy, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm, and the Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he is strongly opposed to my message, to our message. At the first defense, no one came to stand by me, to stand by my side, and all, but all deserted me. May it not be charged to them. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. In the Roman courts, you could have someone stand up and be your legal counsel or someone who is an influence in society speak on your behalf. No one came to Paul's side, even though he had some folks there at this time. But he says, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message may be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles may hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Now, didn't he just write that he's being poured out like a drink offering? Yes. But in these cases, I mean, if you think about, you know, uh, Judge Judy or, you know, something like that, you know, a popular case, something that would attract the people's attention, and they didn't have daytime television there. So you could come to the courthouse and see if, and, and, and hear what was going on. So in this courthouse, there could have been many people who were there, who listened and were there when The Lord stood by Paul's side. In other words, just as the Gospels say, when you stand before kings and princes, I will give you the words, God says. Paul, using the words of God, was able to proclaim again the good news, the gospel. And so the victory, he already claims. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Some more personal notes. Greet Priscilla and Achilla in the household of Onesiphorus. We met him in the chapter 1. He's the one who found Paul in Rome. Erastus remained at Corinth, and I left Trophinius, who was ill, at Miletus. These are details that, that are not in the book of Acts. And so we think that Paul, after his house arrest, was released, and he had these other adventures afterward until he was arrested again. Verse 21, do your best to come before winter with his cloak. Eubulius sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus, probably with his blanket. And, sorry, I had to, a big Peanuts fan, I had to get that in. And Claudia and all the brothers, the Lord be with your spirit, grace be to you. Paul concluding his letters with grace. His doxology, just a few verses before, to God be the glory. That makes me think, okay, what are we leaving behind? Use the word legacy. But it's really not what we are doing, but what the Lord does through us. What is it that we leave behind? Paul didn't have the worldly wealth, the estates, uh, leaving this, that, and the other thing to his family. Who is his family? His family are people like Timothy, his brothers and sisters. And what is it that he's leaving behind? What are we leaving behind? 
How are we, how are we doing it even now, dear brothers and sisters, at Bethany Lutheran Church? What kind of legacy are we going to leave for generate the next generation, the next people to come? What are we passing on, and how do we do it? I think these are the questions prompted by Paul's being poured out as a drink offering, his final words to his charge, Timothy. And we need to take that today. What are the things that Paul is leaving Timothy? I mean, it's all over the letter. Guard the good deposit. Be like a soldier and an athlete. Continue to work at it. Teach faithfully and properly based on the word of God. Preach you the word. It all comes down to the word of God, to the legacy. I mean, the things that we leave our kids, money, property, or whatever, those things, moth and rust will destroy. What is eternal is where our heart is, there our treasure will be also. And our, is our heart captured by the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we captive to the word of God? And how do you know you're doing this now? How do you know you're leaving that legacy? I would charge you, as Paul charged Timothy, to receive the word. Be the example in your family, and your circle of friends, or wherever you have influence, to receive the word. Do what you're doing now to receive the word. Go to Bible study, receive the word. Open up the Bible on a daily basis in devotion and receive the word. There's such rich eternal blessing just by receiving. That's how we can faithfully train like athletes and soldiers, faithfully fight and run the race, faithfully keep the faith by receiving the word and being an example to your family that we do that. But then live the word. Show the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Now there may be opportunity like Paul to stand up and to say something. To stand up and say something in individual conversation. We may have that opportunity next Saturday. I can certainly imagine that scenario where there's lots of fun and and games and children laughing all on our property, and maybe some neighbors who normally you know, would just walk by or walk through, you know, come in, what's going on over there? Why are you doing this? <laughs> it's the joy of Jesus in your heart. When all else is taken away, when, when, imagine yourself in Paul's position. We don't know when the moment will come. It could happen in a traffic accident in an instant, or it could be you, like the Apostle Paul, will have opportunity to think about it in a jail cell. That's what was going through his mind. I mean, this is what some people have shared with me as part of their journey here. Because they were sitting in a jail cell and there was a riot of people outside calling for your death. Because they said you blasphemed Muhammad, or because you're a Christian. You don't know if the guards are going to succumb to that pressure and maybe one of them escorts you out back themselves. Or if the Lord will work it out that you're released, you're worried about your life and your family. And you have time to think about what it is that's going to be left behind. Paul was in that position. We don't know when the moment will come for us, but right now we can receive the Lord. We can live his grace and mercy 
the same grace and mercy shown to us on the cross that gave us a, a, a piece of, that gave us the crown of righteousness, we know will not be taken away. How do we know it won't be taken away? Because we see the nail-scarred hands. We see the bleeding and dying on the cross, and we know God's love is for certain. We see the resurrected Christ appearing before his disciples, and we know that love is eternal. Knowing that, that's how we live accordingly. We receive the word and be the word. Testify, sometimes using words, but with the same grace and mercy that we have received. Paul writes these words with that confidence, the same confidence that we have, that when we have received the word and we have shared that word, the legacy we leave behind is that we're going to meet again. Dear Timothy, keep the faith and I'll see you soon. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus.